Good morning. Wonderful to see you here today and we also welcome those who are tuning in on live stream. And if you are visiting with us here today for the first time, if you're our guest or, or at home, uh, we especially welcome you. We hope this will be a meaningful time of worship for you. If you are visiting, note there's something a little different happening today. We usually go right back into a fellowship time, but after the benediction, we're going to be sitting down to have our annual meeting. So we'll stand up to sing and we'll sit back down again. If you are visiting and you'd like to stay and hear what our annual meeting is like, you are more than welcome to join us, only you can't vote. But we would love to have you. But if at that time you need to sneak out, that's okay too. Um, for our members, we really hope you'll stay because we would like to have a quorum today and not do this another day as well. So with that, let me share a few other announcements with you. Um, first of all, I was not thinking when I wrote the thing about the annual meeting in our news and notes and said we'd be able to vote on things like the budget. Actually, the congregation doesn't vote on a budget. The session does, and they already have. You vote on whether or not you're going to pay me what they suggested you pay me, and I will leave as you talk about that. Um, so we need you here for that and for other things. Uh, while you are here doing that, our 12 through 18-year-olds will be down in the kitchen off of the CFC um, making casseroles for the castle and their ministry. A few things coming up. Wednesday after this one is Ash Wednesday. It seems like Christmas ends, and before you know it, we're in Lent. Um, so please read about that in your bulletins and hope you will be a part of that. Yes, it's on Valentine's Day, but Ash Wednesday is also about God's love, so you can be there. Um, our Wednesday evening program on The Chosen is continuing. You can join us at 6 o'clock on Wednesday evening for that. Um, there's a simple dinner, and then just you watch this segment of the show and you talk about it. Grace Circle will meet this Tuesday, and you're welcome to join them. Also, for those of you who are considering becoming members of this church or you just want to know more about us, we're going to have two classes, February 18th and 25th. It's actually a two-part class. Um, but if you can come to one and not the other, we'll make up the time with you. And that is to get to know us better. And if you decide you want to become a member, to go forward with what that means. It's February 18th and 25th after worship. So I hope you will put that on your calendar if you're interested. Um, among the other Lenten things that are coming up, Sunday, February 18th um, after worship starts the first in a series of classes on the difficult words of Jesus. And so I would invite you to go to that. I'm so glad you're here to worship. And let us now prepare our hearts to worship God. As we light the Christ candle, we invite those at home to light their Christ candle. Please stand for a call to worship. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship, worship the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence with singing. The Lord is good. 
We belong to the Lord who made us. We are God's people and the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving. Come into the holy courts with praise. Give thanks to God and bless God's holy name, for the Lord is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. God's faithfulness is for all generations. Gracious God, in Jesus, you showed us holiness in action, yet we struggle to live as he lived and love as he loved. We take note of the plight of others in the world when the news grabs our attention, but our focus quickly moves on to our own agendas and selfish pursuits. We confess our haste to judge those who disagree with us or make choices that we don't understand. In your mercy, God, grant us the courage and the strength to be faithful disciples in more than name only. Amen. There is no place we can go where God cannot find us. There is nothing on earth or beyond death that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are forgiven. We are loved. We are set free for new beginnings. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Christ be with you. May we extend the peace of Christ to those at home as well as the, each other in the sanctuary. Gracious God, give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded. Amen. The first scripture reading comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 37, verses 1 through 8. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and God will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in God, and God will act. The Lord will make your righteousness shine like the clear light of day, and the justice of your cause like high noon. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for God. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. This is the word of the Lord.
invite the children to join me in the chancel. Join us. Good to see you. Okay, so I want to ask you a question. I'm going to tell you two different situations and tell me whether it's easy to do or hard to do, okay? So the first one is be kind and loving to people who have been really nice to you. Is that hard or easy? Okay, be thoughtful and loving to someone who has not been nice to you. Very hard. And Jesus talks about that. Jesus tells us that we're supposed to love those people. We're supposed to even love the people who haven't been so nice to us. Doesn't mean we can't stand up for ourselves, and if somebody's bullying us, we get help, but we can still love them and not just start doing bad things because they were doing bad things, which is what we tend to do. Like somebody hits you, you want to hit them back, right? That's just kind of the way it is. But we can get help, we can stand up for ourselves, but we don't have to become that way too. Now, I want to tell you a, a true story about when I was your age, my best, bestest friend was Carolyn. And we did everything together. Our families sometimes even took vacations together. And when I was in seventh grade, she passed me this envelope in class. I just thought she was passing a funny note. I thought it was going to be fine. And I look on it, and you know who Snoopy is, the cartoon Snoopy? It has little Snoopy stickers on it, but little things she wrote beside it. Like there's one of Snoopy, like he's diving into a pool, and it said, her little note said, I hope you dive onto concrete. And then there was one with Snoopy with a basketball, and it said, I hope you get hit in the face with the ball. And there were like five of the stickers. And I was like, what in the world? So I opened it up, and she said that she never wanted to, anything to do with me again. She hated me never to speak to her and to stay as far away from her as I could. And I was so sad and upset because I'd never done anything to her. And she would not tell me what. She, she said, you know what you did, wouldn't talk to me. That was in seventh grade. I avoided her and she avoided me all the way from then through high school. And then we went to college and I got a letter from another girl named Judy that was in our class and in seventh grade she was new to the school and she needed to make a friend and she thought Carolyn would be her friend if she told Carolyn that I'd been saying terrible things about her all over school, which I hadn't done. It was her way to make a new friend was to say that I had been a horrible friend. And I was really, really upset, but I also realized that Judy was new and she made a mistake and I wasn't gonna hate her for that. So I forgave her and Carolyn found out and I was kind of upset that Carolyn had waited all these years and had never bothered to tell me what was wrong because we could have fixed it. 
But I forgave her too, and you know what? She's still a good friend. We still talk on the phone and send notes and stay on Facebook together and all that good stuff. So what did I kind of learn from this? Well, one of them is I could have tried a little harder for all those years to say to Carolyn, what did I do to you, right? That might have helped if I was just honest and told her. Or when she was upset, she could have told me instead of holding a grudge and telling other people at school I wasn't nice. Obviously, Judy didn't have to start it in the first place. We all make mistakes, right? And sometimes they're very human mistakes. Sometimes we don't even understand them. But God loves everybody and asks us to love them too. So it's okay to pray for somebody who has hurt you. And most of all, that you don't try to hurt other people back. You can, you can tell them you don't like it. You can get all the help you need. But we pray for them. We don't have to do to them what they did to us. You know why? Because God teaches us to love people, not to hate people. And wouldn't you rather have a heart that's filled with love than a heart that's filled with hate? That kind of messes you up. It does. Let's have a prayer together. Thank you, God, for teaching us to love everybody, even when it's hard. Fill us with love and never with hate. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Somebody waiting for you back there. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 6. But I say to you who are willing to hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who asks, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? <clears throat> for even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. If you do, your reward will be great. You will be acting the way the children of the Most High act, for God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as God is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will fall into your lap. For the treasure you give, for the measure you give, will be the measure you receive. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God.
Before I start the sermon, I want you to look at the cross on the back of your bulletin. I was going to talk about this in the sermon and couldn't fit it in, so I'm going to tell you about it now. Um, this is called the Khmer Cross, and it started in a little town um, near the coast in France. And the symbol is supposed to be of love, faith, and hope. But what I really like about it is the heart that envelops the cross, because we remember that Christ's sacrifice for us was out of love, that God loves us even when loving is hard. And that's kind of what the sermon is about, not only God loving us when it's hard, but how we love each other when it's hard. Let us pray. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There's something in human nature that gravitates toward reciprocity. If someone does you a favor, you feel like you need to give them one in return. And that's not a bad thing. On the other hand, reciprocity can take a negative turn. You find out that someone has been saying nasty things behind your back, and you have to fight the urge to do the same to them. Someone hurts your feelings, and you kind of want to hurt their feelings back. If you don't restrain yourself and you just talk it out with them, carelessly spoken words in the heat of passion and the heat of the moment can do irreparable harm to relationships. Our judicial system is based on reciprocity. When someone is punished for a crime, the punishment is supposed to fit the crime. And so people get upset when they hear somebody got a lighter sentence than they think that person deserved. The ancient Babylonian Code of Hammurabi, written over 1,700 years before Christ, is one of the oldest discovered writings of significant length in the world. And in it is the dictum I am sure you have heard, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The law was actually written to prevent people from taking undue vengeance for harm that was done to them so that the violence and the crime don't keep escalating. If someone knocks out your tooth, you can't break their neck. And yet, much of our human nature is attracted to this law, more out of the need for retaliation than for fairness or justice. In our gospel story today, Jesus comes down the mountain and begins to teach his disciples what he thinks is most important for them to know. And twice he says... Love your enemies. Now that's a hard concept for us. In our day and age, there are people who say this is crazy. Even people who consider themselves Christians. I've even been in a group of clergy, many of whom said they would never preach on this text. Now imagine for a moment that you are one of those first disciples that you are with Jesus when he first utters the words, love your enemies, be merciful, do good to people who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn and give them the other one. You're living under brutal Roman occupation. You've been waiting for a Messiah to help you rise up against the Romans, to save you from them, and Jesus says, love your enemies. Really, Jesus? Are you kidding? 
That's asking too much. I'm not going to be a doormat. Biblical scholars tell us that this is actually one of the most authentic sayings of Jesus. Yet through the years, Christians have been trying to find ways to say that Jesus doesn't really mean what Jesus says here. Like the Pharisees who keep drawing boundaries around who they had to love, we are still looking for loopholes. While loving our enemies seems to go against human nature, the reality is that answering evil for evil makes it worse. Hate generates more hate. Retaliation escalates. While you think you're getting back at the person that hurt you, you're actually hurting yourself even more. It can turn you into a bitter, vengeful person. A rabbi named Michael Weiser could teach us a thing or two about how love can be stronger than hate. I read an article about him in the New York Times some years ago. Back in the 1990s, he had served as cantor and spiritual leader for South Street Temple in Lincoln, Nebraska. When his family was moving into their home and they were just unpacking, the phone rang, and on the phone, the caller said, you're going to be sorry you moved in, Jew boy, and then hung up. Days later, the family got an envelope in the mail with all sorts of racist material in it, of prejudice material in it, and a calling card from the KKK. Again and again, the man called. Well, after some investigating, the police found out that the caller was a man named Larry Trapp, who was a local leader of the KKK. Michael found out that he was a double amputee who had lost his legs to diabetes years ago. Michael got his phone number and started calling him. But Michael's calls were a little different than the hateful man's had been. Larry, there's a lot of love out there. You're not getting any of it. Don't you want some? Larry, the first laws that the Nazis passed were against people like yourself who simply have physical disabilities, and you would have been among the first to die under the Nazis. Why do you love them so much? And on and on it went for months. Michael kept leaving messages offering to take Larry to the grocery store if he needed it, seeing how he might help, reminding him that life could be better, and reminding him that God loved him. Finally, one day, he got a call from Larry saying, I want to get out of what I'm doing, but I don't know how. Michael went to see Larry. He was a little taken aback when the man opened the door and he sat in his wheelchair with three guns in his lap. But as soon as he got over the shock, he realized that the man was reaching out his hand to shake his and then started crying. For hours, they talked, and Michael discovered that Larry had suffered severe emotional and physical abuse by his parents. All the hate he had been unleashing on others came from never having been loved. After getting to know the rabbi, he turned his life around. He began talking to other groups about how hatred destroys us, about how it fills us and changes us. A year later, his health was deteriorating, and Michael's family invited him to move in and live with them. 
About a year later, the man died in the home of the people he had tormented. A courageous rabbi had broken the cycle of hate, turning an enemy into a friend. Now, you may be saying to yourself, gee, I don't have any enemies. I'm basically a nice person who gets along with people. I certainly don't think of anyone as an enemy. But the kind of enemy Jesus talks about in today's scripture doesn't have to be mean, doesn't have to be somebody filled with hate or that you hate, doesn't have to be something as drastic as the major forces of evil in the world, and can just mean the people we find hard to love, often simply because they don't love us. The one who is resistant to your attempts at kindness, who refuses to forgive you, or has hurt you or someone you love so deeply that you can't imagine forgiving. The one who whispers behind your back or tells you to your face that they don't like you. There are some who simply antagonize us or manipulate us or frustrate us or whose ideas we don't like or whose way of treating others is repugnant to us. Maybe we wouldn't think of retaliating against the person, but boy, can we hold a grudge. Tolerate our enemies, sure. Forgive our enemies, maybe. But love our enemies, that is a challenge. Now, there's one part of this text that has caused a lot of pain because it has so often been misinterpreted. In the past, I have been a chaplain in homes for abused women and children. And more than once, I have talked to someone whose pastor told her that she should stay in an abusive marriage, in an abusive marriage because Jesus said to turn the other cheek. That kind of interpretation goes against everything Jesus said in his ministry. Not only should you not stay and keep being abused, but allowing the violence to continue hurts both the victim and the aggressor. It is more loving to leave and report the abuse so the person can get arrested and get help and save their souls. Along with other scholars, Walter Wink has explained the social context that makes clear what Jesus meant about turning the other cheek. In first century Palestine, a person's left hand was considered unclean because it was used for hygiene purposes. If you were a Roman soldier or an official who considered yourself superior to another and you wanted to strike them, you would strike them with the back of your hand. You would never strike them with the palm of your hand. The reason is the back of your hand said they were lesser than you. If you struck somebody with the palm of your hand, you considered them an equal. So when the person slapped you with the back of your hand and you turned the other fa your face the other way, their only choices would be use the dreaded left hand that no decent human being would ever do, or use the other hand and strike you with the palm, thereby saying that you were equal to them. Interesting. Somehow what sounds to us as somebody caving in is actually somebody standing up for themselves. We see that, as Nanette Sawyer points out, turning the other cheek means taking action so that they can't hurt you anymore. In today's world, turning the other cheek can sometimes mean leaving. 
You can speak truth. You can demand justice while still loving the enemy, refusing to return evil for evil. When Jesus tells us to love our enemies, he isn't just speaking in lofty abstraction apart from real-life experience. Jesus has plenty of enemies, those who seek to discredit him, those who fear his challenge to their authority, those who want him dead. Long ago, on a hillside in Galilee, Jesus tells his followers to live by a higher standard. And as he later hangs on a cross, he asks God to forgive those who have put him there, for they know not what they do. Jesus isn't demanding that we feel a certain way about our enemies. We don't have to like them. We don't have to be their best friend. He's talking about what we choose to do. We don't wait around for someone to change before we're willing to love them. We love them in all of their brokenness and in all of ours. In October of 2015, there were news reports about vandalism that happened at the Trinity Lutheran Church in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. In the middle of the night, a young man named Christopher Rhodes, drunk and depressed, almost suicidal in a very dark place, broke into the church and did over $10,000 worth of damage. He had taken jars of tomato sauce that had been left in a collection box for a food pantry and had smeared it all over the narthex. He had broken the communion table. He had ripped up hymnals and burned some of them. He had smashed vases, and on and on it went. Within a few days, he was found and put in jail. That Sunday, during the children's message and worship, Pastor Paul Lutz told them that there was a neighbor who was struggling, who didn't feel very good about himself, and that he had broken some things in the church. He asked the children, after giving them some paper and some crayons, to make cards for Christopher to let him know that God still loved him and that they loved him. The pastor brought the cards to Christopher at his hearing, saying that the church wanted to help him in his recovery. What a shock to the young man who had expected their condemnation. He was especially touched by the card of one little boy who drew himself and Christopher holding hands while they both were drinking out of their juice boxes. The young man received counseling for his mental health. Within two years, he had paid the church back for everything that he had damaged. He said this, What I found from the people in that church was forgiveness and love. I'd always thought of religious groups as fire and brimstone. It really opened my eyes and probably saved my life because I got the help I needed. Friends, listen to Jesus. Love your enemies. Be merciful. Love, do good, and lend without expecting anything in return. You may never get the kind of satisfaction you hoped for, but I can guarantee that it will make all the difference in who you are. It will deepen your relationship to God. It will help you to better know and accept yourself and to find more deep-seated joy in living. Why must we love our enemies? Because the inner life of our souls, the survival of our civilization, 
the greater good of God's creation depend on it? Friends, what if that person you see as your enemy, or even that irritating person you keep belittling or avoiding, is your best chance to be a disciple of Jesus Christ today? And what if that's the whole point? Amen.
that as we pour out our lives in an abundance of mercy, we will receive it back many fold over. So let us pour out our lives in the support of our church's ministry, not just our financial gifts, but also our commitment, our passion, and our love. Please be seated as the ushers now come for our morning offering. this bag up here to remind all of us that there are people in the church that will be taking home communion to those who can't be with us in the church building anymore, but they are always in our hearts. So as we share communion together, we will remember those and think of those who will later be sharing it with us. Friends, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. We come to this communion table as a place of rest. 
being reminded that Jesus' love and welcome is for all of God's children. Even when we have done what we know is wrong, we are loved. Even when we know we've done what is right, we are loved. And this is a place where we remember that. And we remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, showing us that love, reminding us that we are never alone, we are never without God. And so we invite to this table anyone who believes in our Lord Jesus Christ. You are welcome to the feast.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and prayers. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and Mother to all of creation, we give you all thanks and praise, for your works are great, and your steadfast love endures forever. Through Jesus Christ, you have given us your covenant of grace. Holy is your name. Incarnate as the carpenter Joseph's son, stable born and village raised, in life at home among the dispossessed, and in death a companion to thieves on the cross, be known to us now in the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the cup. Partaking of these elements, may we receive indeed your grace and mercy, forgiveness and love. Pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine, O God. Prepare us to receive them as though from the hands of your Son himself. And grant that remembering his death to save sinners no worse than ourselves, we ourselves may sin no more, but stand firm henceforth in faith and allegiance. Yours by creation, may we also be yours in commitment and in service. Renew your image within us. Restore our trust in your love. Refresh our spirits for caring service. Unite us with all your people everywhere in joyous praise for your everlasting love. Through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor be to you, O God, now and forever. Amen. After the words of institution, for those of you who are visiting for the first time or haven't been here when we're having communion, Stan and I will come down to the floor level and an elder will be on each side of us. You'll come through up the middle aisle from both sides, eat the bread as soon as you get it, drink the cup as soon as you get it, and there are receptacles to drop the cup as you return by the outside. Hope that's clear. Maybe you'll see what the people in front of you are doing. <laughs> Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night of his arrest, took bread. And after giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In like manner, after supper, he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many. For as often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim our Lord's death until he returns.
We have the great joy today of welcoming the, welcoming the Amagotcher family back from Kenya. So welcome, we're glad you're here. And I'm glad I got to serve you the bread this morning. Look forward to meeting you. Con continued prayers for Cheryl Hartman, whose husband Richard died yesterday. Please remember Cheryl and her family. Also continue to pray for the families of Paul Lentz and Hazel Keeley. Prayer concerns Vivian C., Wes and Gretchen C., Joanne Wise's brother Stephen, who's uh, moving into assisted living, Melita M., who's having a cardiac procedure, Pearl S.'s friend Barbara, Linda D.'s sister Deb, Dick H., ongoing health concerns Haley, Riley, and Clyde A., prayers for those with cancer, including Curtis H., Winifred, Susie, Nathan, Julia, David J., Marvin, Mike F., Phil, Dana, Renee. Uh, those recovering from illness or surgery, including Jim M., Roy B., Ralph Y., Del B., and Art N., who's with us this morning. And continued prayers for Pat B. and Jason S., and for those in hospice care, Pat C. and Charles. Let us lift these concerns to God as we pray together. Gracious God, we praise you for feeding our hunger with the bread of life and quenching our thirst with the cup of salvation. As those who have shared this sacred meal, we now offer to you the needs and burdens that are on our hearts and in our community and world. Inspire the whole church to bear witness to Christ's power and love. May we embody your triune unity as we work together for peace. Awaken all people to the damage we have inflicted upon the earth. 
instill in us a reverence for your creation, that we may preserve its delicate balance for all coming generations. Lead all nations in the way of justice. As a nation, we have again been confronted with the web of war as a drone strike killed three U.S. soldiers and wounded over 40 who were supporting the U.S. presence in Syria. And now our military has responded with attacks on the Iranian-backed militia in Iraq that have been identified as the perpetrators of the attack. And so, Lord, this day we pray for comfort for the families who grieve their son and daughters who died, and for healing for those who were wounded, that they may fully recover. Protect those who continue to serve in harm's way, even as you guide those who govern to seek paths of diplomacy and peace, to calm the troubled waters of conflict, to respect the dignity of all life, and to defend an oppressed, to defend oppressed people. Comfort and relieve, O God, all those who are experiencing trouble, sorrow, poverty, sickness, and grief, especially those known to us, whom we name before you now in silence. Heal all these souls in body, mind, or circumstance, renewing them by your grace, helping them face their challenges with the strength of your presence. We lift these prayers to you, gracious God, confident that you hear us and know even the prayers we are too afraid to pray. You have come into our ordinary lives through ordinary things like bread and wine. We are ordinary people who have been transformed by extraordinary love. Having received the nourishment of this table, the gifts of your grace, peace, and love, now send us out into the world to share your love with others as we work together to bring about peace and reconciliation for the sake of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, as we join our hearts and voices to boldly pray as he taught, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
invite you to be seated for the benediction and then invite you to stay for the annual meeting after that. Again, if you aren't a member and you don't want to stay for it, we will allow you to escape. That's okay. Friends, go into the world in peace. Our last hymn was from the prayer of St. Francis, who said, Where there is hate, let us sow love. And that is my charge to you and to myself today. There is hate in this world. There is anger and division. So much so that some people give up hope for the world, but we don't. Because our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in a love that abides for all people. A hope that can live in us. A hope that we can bring into the world ourselves. So go in peace and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen. I hope we're going to still have a quorum. We'll need our clerk to check that. Okay. Thank you. Oh, good to see you. Okay. Hopefully, a few of those people are going to come back in. You give them a little exit music and, okay. Um, is our clerk counting? Do we have a quorum? Yay. All right. I won't make the people out there feel bad. <laughs> okay. Let me find my agenda here. Let us open with prayer. God, be near to us as we meet together today as a family of faith, seeking to love you and to love others in your name. Fill us with your spirit and your peace. We thank you, God, for the love that we know in this congregation, for the heart of mission that beats strongly here, for the laughter we enjoy and the tears that find solace in another's kindness for all the wonderful, creative, and thoughtful ways that our members participate in the life of our church and wider community. We are thankful, Lord, that your spirit has continued to inspire us, to hold us together as a community, and to reach out to others in your name. We ask your blessing on those who are grieving and experiencing loss of any kind. We are grateful that Christ touches us through one another, and we pray that you would give us the wisdom, the compassion, and the energy that we need to continue to thrive and grow and love and serve the world around us. Amen. Okay, we first need to approve the minutes of February 5th. Is there such a motion? Second? Any discussions, changes, comments? 
All those in favor, raise your hand and say aye. All those opposed, motion is carried. Motion to accept the minutes of the December 3rd meeting. Is there a motion? Second? Any discussion? All those in favor? All those opposed? Motion is carried. So it says a brief presentation. I'm not going to read you my four-page or whatever it was um, thing in the annual meeting, but I hope you will either look at that at home on your computer or pick one up as you leave. There's an annual report there because I do talk about a lot of stuff. Um, one of the things I talk about is how many transitions we have had on staff. But I see how well we got through the pandemic. I see how well this congregation is resilient in the face of challenges. And I do believe that we are on a good road. We still have youth and children who are coming, even though that's not quite ready to have our next person yet. Um, hopefully that is not before long. And um, how wonderful it is that we are sad one Sunday to say goodbye to Steve and happy the next Sunday to say hello to Stan. Um, we are grateful for his ministry among us now. Um, because we didn't have a youth and children's person to lead that, our Christian Education Committee stepped up like crazy to make sure things happened. And I'm so grateful to them. I enjoy do, doing something with the youth once a month so they'd know they weren't forgotten and doing some things with the children, especially the pageant, which wouldn't have happened with some behind-the-scenes work of um, Janet and Todd Hall and, and Lois Thorpe, but how wonderful it was to see all of the children in the pageant. And so our um, congregation did a pumpkin festival that was rained out, but guess what? It was great. We had people welcoming them as they came into the door. Everybody had a wonderful time. Kids were lined up to go paint the pumpkins and all the other things that they did. So that was wonderful to see. Um, in our officers retreat, one of the things we talked about was um, the need to have a variety of types of music. There's some people in this sanctuary that would like nothing except hymns they knew when they were children 60 years ago. And there are people that wish we would only do modern contemporary things. What do you do when that is, is your covering of the church? Well, you try to do both. And our wonderful choir under Ruth's leadership has been trying more and more to do both so that everybody finds something that helps them to worship. And finally, our mission um, project that we are about to do, you can read more about that. The Linda Vista House is the next big project that I hope our whole church will join in. And that summarizes mine. Stan, you want to summarize yours? Three sentences. Three sentences. I'm honored to be here. I'm very impressed with this congregation. And I'm grateful that I was sitting with Marie Sutton at the ballot table last August 8th to learn about your need. Thank you for letting me be here. I guess that's four sentences. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Um, and so we need to elect the nominating team for 2024. And I don't believe that Gretchen is here today, but the nominating team puts these names in motion. 
Um, and we don't need a second because it's from the team. So you see those before you. Um, Mark Ferguson, Valerie Fletcher, Richard Jester, Dean Leatherberry, serve, who's serving as a deacon representative, and Joan Johnson will serve as the session representative. All those in favor, say aye. All those opposed, the motion is carried. And now we're going to be um, sharing from the different teams of the church, and I've asked them not to tell their whole report or even six things they did, but one thing maybe, maybe two, that was something new or hopeful or positive or just significant. And first, we will call on Ryan Patel for finance. You can also tell us the truth that there's bad news since your finance. No, you can't lie in church. Uh, good morning. Uh, I'll, I'll go with just one thing. Um, in 23, our budget deficit was 92K. So in other words, we expected to lose 92K. We ended up with a surplus of 27K. So there you go. Yay. That's the kind of finance report we like. Okay. Um, and we will, um, well, it has you down here on the agenda doing, presenting the budget and the treasurer's report, but we can call you back after everybody does their thing. How's that? Okay, stewardship, Janice and Pete, whichever. Uh, in 2023, uh, we did several activities to connect the congregation with the uh, church's needs as far as research, uh, resources and money. You guys met those needs, and we are going to continue that this year to projects that are ongoing, the Columbarium, and another campaign to say thank you for the support that you've provided. Okay. Thank you. And for Christian education, Mary? All right. <clears throat> So um, honorable mentions to our Christian education team, I feel like a huge thanks is given for 2023. Um, Liz, the Platts, the Platts, the Platts. <laughs> uh, Lois, Patty Eisor, um, so many people stepped up to really help continue our children and youth programs and Bible studies and, you know, during service, everything. So huge, huge thank you to y'all. Um, the other thing I want to point out is just that we had consistency throughout 2023. So we've always had Steve Davis's wonderful Sunday kind of Bible studies after service, but we added a Wednesday evening. Um, we have about 20 people to 25 come every Wednesday. We have a meal. We've been watching The Chosen. Um, we all know the characters, we all know what happens, so you can pop in and out and come whenever you can. Um, but it's a fun time where we have a meal, fellowship, we're continuing that through 2024. So every Wednesday, you'll find us in the community room. Round six-ish. Who's next? <laughs> I don't have the agenda. Nominating. Sorry, what? Who's next? 
Um, it would be Gretchen, but she's okay. not here. So we, we already elected the nominating team, so I think she would probably tell you that they've elected a nominating team and that you, that you said that was okay. Um, they have worked very hard um, when you're on nominating. There are people that actually say no to you, believe it or not, when you're asking them to be an elder or a deacon, and they are so faithful and work so hard all year. Okay, moving on to worship team. Our clerk will change into her worship team chair hat. Well, worship team was very active this year, and uh, we pretty much just kept going what we've been doing. Um, we're always looking for new people to join and help us. If you feel like you're kind of crafty or you have good ideas for some of the special worship services we have, like um, Pentecost is a big one. Um, the Ice Wednesday service coming up, come, come and eat soup. Um, that's next Wednesday, a week. That's also worship team's prerogative. Um, let's see, what else do we do? <laughs> I don't have to tell them. Everything. Okay, that's good enough. Come on Wednesday, Ice Wednesday. Okay, mission team, Jill. Good morning. I just want to say we're very thankful for the support of the congregation for 2023 for our projects that we did. And we were happy to have 13 teams go out for churches of the building to various places in the community. And we're excited about the opportunity with Linda Vista, which we'll be working on more this coming year. So thank you. You'll hear more about that as Lent starts. And um, Todd is out of town, and he's our chair of MarkHom. Um, but he has worked especially with our staff member, Katie Rice, um, in trying to keep our name out there and social media and all sorts of other ways. So we are grateful for that. And Jean will tell us one or two things from invitation. Two sentences. Uh, we focused on the concept of radical welcome, where everyone in the church is involved with welcome, welcoming guests. And we encourage all of you to get out of your comfort zone and usual circle of friends to introduce yourself to people that you don't know, especially guests and their children. The team also supported other teams at five major events and hosted their own events, such as Americana Booth and the Blessing of the Animals. And that one was fun. Okay, and next we have John for Buildings and Grounds. Hello, thank you, hello. Um, so we, we hired a new property technician, uh, Jim O'Neill, and so he's helping out and he's doing great. Uh, but I personally want to thank Jerry Staley for filling in that role. Uh, you did a great job. Thank you very much. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, also, um, I, I'm sure every other uh, committee team member uh, head would, would say the same thing, but if you're looking to get involved in something, we're always looking for help. Uh, we meet uh, every, every Thursday, or um, the third Thursday of the month uh, in the coffee corner at 7 p.m. 
Uh, if you want to get involved, it's really low key. We just make decisions about what to do with the building and that kind of stuff. It's not like you have to be able to turn a wrench. You just have to be able to make a decision. Yeah. So, thank you. They even let me come to the meeting, so that tells you something. Okay, personnel, Liz. report but um, you can read over that always available to answer any questions uh, one thing we are still in need of a nursery worker and we have found that the very best way to get qualified people is by word of mouth so please 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 if you have neighbors you have uh, grandchildren, anyone of the age 17 or older that would be willing to work in the nursery, or always welcome to take volunteers. Um, Pete right now, gratefully, has been helping regularly in the nursery, and I'm sure he would love to come into service every now and then. So if you're available, that would be awesome as well. Thank you, Liz. And we have from Deacons, Art. Fellowship would just like to say thanks to everybody for attending all the different events that we have been able to uh, support and uh, thank you to everybody that has able to support the fellowship with Coffee Corner and, uh, and all these events that we have. It's a great congregation. Thank you. And is there somebody for prayer and presence? Joanne. It was supposed to be Brit, and I'm not Brit. She's the tall, young one. I'm the short, older one. Not old, older. <laughs> anyway, she gave this to me to read. It's uh, basically a wrap-up. Uh, last year, Care Connection made 1,248 calls, with almost half resulting in connections. Homebound visits and home communion has resumed. There were 504 some type of uh, snail mail going out and received. Uh, we have 100. We have 18 hello good morning partners, 110 active participants in the prayer chain, and these are just some of the behind the scenes. And we're hoping that we have more people joining us this next coming year. Thank you. And compassion and assistance. Anybody want to say anything about that? Well, we are grateful for that group. Um, and now we're going to invite Ryan back up to present the 2024 budget, which the session voted in. And then we will have a treasurer's report from John Breed or from Ryan, whichever one of you is giving it. So uh, every year they tell me that I have to come up and present the budget, but I don't, I don't really know what that means. We can't, we can't go over every line item that's in the budget this morning, right? We'll be here until tomorrow. Um, so I guess what I'll say is the bottom line is that for 2024, um, and this is, in your, this is in the report, so you can read these numbers right off of here. Um, uh, we're expecting total receipts of 706,000. Um, we're expecting total expenses of... Uh, almost 512,000, um, but we're ending up, um, uh, and then in terms of uh, 
So expenses for salaries and benefits is about 512K, and then other expenses are an additional 307. The bottom line on that is that our 2024 net budget is a deficit of 112K. Um, and I guess what I'll say about that is I will remind you that last year our budget deficit was 92K and we had a surplus of 27K, like I said earlier. So I guess in summary, the Lord will provide. Are there, I guess, do I need to take questions? If there are any questions, no questions? Great. Okay. John, are you going to, where's John? Um, I, I don't. There's probably nothing else. To there's say. really nothing else to say, anyways. Um, Treasurer's doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Are there any other questions about any of the reports? Is there a motion to receive the reports? All those, is there a second? All those in favor, say aye. All those opposed? Motion is carried. Now, um, before we move on to me leaving the room and, and you voting about my terms of call, um, I noticed it wasn't in the agenda, but we usually have a prayer for those who have died in the last year. So let us come together in prayer now. Holy and gracious God, we are so very grateful for members of this church who have served you so faithfully, not only in the church, but beyond. Lord, you know that we have loved them. You know that they have loved you. And our hearts are broken as we say goodbye to them. And at the same time, Lord, we celebrate that you welcome them in your arms. We celebrate that you forever hold them with the same love that you hold all of us. We praise you, Lord, that they see you in ways that we long to see you and they understand the things we can't yet understand. And we pray, Lord, that they will be forever alive in our hearts just as they are forever alive in your presence. Lord, we ask your blessings on their friends and on their family, on all of their loved ones, as we remember before you, Anne Fonline, Peg Mueller, Walt Kaiser, Colleen Reynolds, Joe Ricketts, Lois Cromus, Dan Strayer, Jim Shart and George Lawson. Lord, we ask that we would lean on you when we need comfort, that we would know you walk beside us on this journey on this earth, and that we are never separated from you in this life or the next. Help us, Lord, to be thankful for these departed loved ones and to live faithful lives in their memory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so now we have the terms of call. Who is going to present that while I walk out of here?
If somebody will come and get me later, I will be in the hospitality room. All right, now it's our chance. <laughs> um, page 30 of the um, annual report has Nancy's terms of call. Um, I can field any questions anybody has on that. Um, otherwise, I believe that we just need to uh, vote if we are going to renew the terms of calls as stated on page 30. Any questions? Are we comfortable voting? Uh, can I have a motion? Motion, a second? Second? All those in favor? Motion passed. Um, all right, so we can get Nancy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should have just told her to go to the bathroom and hang out there. It's less closer walk. And I don't know what happens next, so. So the next thing will be the meeting of the corporation, but we have to wait for Nancy to come back. So as soon as she's back, we'll pick up with that. I understand all that. Yeah. We will have a closing prayer, and by the way, thank you. <laughs> uh, we will have a closing prayer for this part of the meeting, and then Stan will open us and close us with prayer for the meeting of the corporation, which is very, very brief. <laughs> Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for this opportunity to reflect on the year that has passed. We know that we are blessed to be a part of a congregation that shares their faith with such compassion and talent and faithfulness. We're thankful for church staff who are dedicated to their work in ministry, for our deacons and elders whose faithful leadership makes a difference in our life together, for the stream team that helps us provide worship services for those at home, and for team members, teachers, and other volunteers who offer their time and their gifts to the programs and ministries of the church. Gracious God, help us to continue to be a community that reflects the love of Jesus Christ in all that we do. Through your spirit, guide us into the future that we might grow in discipleship and in the ways we reach out to the community and the world around us. Amen. And now we'll open the meeting of the Corporation of the Southminster Presbyterian Church. Let us pray. Oh Lord, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> oh Lord, as we conduct this final portion of our business today, we pray for your continued blessing and guidance, both now and in all the years to come. In Christ's name, Amen. Hello, my name is Pete Garland. I am the incoming uh, chair of the stewardship committee. Uh, I'm filling some big shoes. Thank you, Janice, for all your service. 
Uh, we have one issue to attend to today, and that is voting in the elected officers for the corporation. The names of those individuals are Peter Garland as president, Linda Wright as vice president, Lois Thorpe as the secretary, and John Breed as the treasurer. Do I have a motion to vote these individuals in? Hearing a motion, do I have a second? I hear a second. Any of those that are opposed to these four uh, postings, please raise your hand. Opposed. By acclaim, it passes. Uh, do I have a motion to close the corporate business? Okay, have a second. Good. Uh, all those who agree with uh, closing the business, please stand. Our business is concluded. Thank you. Our closing prayer. And now may your love, O Lord, guide us through all the days and years to come as we seek to serve you and be a church that is a beacon to this community and the world. In Christ's name, amen.